with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Now we are uh, we are home missionaries in a foreign field. And what I mean by foreign field is there are, as I mentioned in Sunday school, we have what is called immigration over at the county jail that we go to. And with this immigration system, we have had the opportunity to minister to men and women from Iraq, from Asia, from the Ivory Coast. I have no idea where some of these countries are. And uh, there's, there's been some there from Rom- Romania. We have those there from Russia. They are all over the world that, that, come in, that are housed at this institution. And not all of them, but most of them, when we ministered to them or see them for the first time, have never heard the truth from the gospel. They have, they have a religion. They have a tradition. They have a, they have a practice. Paul talks about that in Galatians. Before Paul got saved, he didn't get saved right away because of what? The traditions of his fathers. He grew up in that religion. And folks, let me tell you this morning, you probably know this, but it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship with God. I'm Baptist by conviction, I'm saved by grace. And my, my Baptist background isn't going to get me to heaven, but it's my relationship, and I, I was talking to somebody this morning about this earlier, it's my relationship not only with Christ, but in Christ. And that's what, that's what we got to remember, it's in Christ. Religion is always changing things. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And look at Romans chapter 10 here. I love Paul's ministry. I love his writings because he shares so many things that, that he dealt with and, and how he turned it around to, to write these books here that he, that he wrote. And where did he write most of them? He wrote them where? In prison. Paul was locked up for doing the, doing the right thing. And yet he wrote these, these verses here in, in a lot of chapters and a lot of books that he wrote. Now look at verse number, number 14. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Believe what? Believe in their religion? A lot of, a lot of men and women ask questions, and, and one of the main questions that they ask sometimes is, well, I, I was brought up doing this. I, I was brought up to say this, or I was brought up doing this stuff. And th- this is religion. This is traditional things. Look what Paul says here. How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? You can't call on somebody if you don't know who it is. And when we minister to them and and share the gospel with them, look at verse number 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved. Saved means to be what? Rescued from something. Our main goal when we go into the prisons is to give them the gospel and to share with them that there is two places that you can choose to go to. You can choose to go to heaven, or you can choose to go to hell. It's based on your decision, what you do. And there are some religions that teach that there is no hell. But the Bible teaches that there what? That there is. And when you share with them, and most of them will say, well, we never heard this. Well, look what it says here. Verse number 14, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not what? They have not 
heard. Heard what? Heard about the saving knowledge of Christ. We, we have some guys that, that come out that, that are into the Seventh-day Adventist, the law. Folks, we're not under the law today. We're under grace. By grace are you saved through faith, not of works, not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. But they will try to argue and, and defend their religion and say, well, you have, to, you have to live by this and you have to live by that. Well, what does James tell us? If you break one law... You've broken them all. So why not put your faith and trust in Christ, get that relationship in Him, and get get some peace? Paul's writings, a lot of them start out with grace and peace. But you know what? You You can't get the peace until you get the grace. And what is grace? God's riches at Christ's expense. You know what's nice about that grace? It doesn't cost you anything. It's free. It's a gift. And all you have to do is accept it. Look at, man, keep your place in Romans 10. Go to Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7. Look at verse number 21. Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And there's a lot of people out there today that fall into this category. Look at verse number 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? I believe there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be very shocked at Judgment Day because they don't have the relationship with God. They have the traditional things. Well, I've done this good thing. And, I, and there are people out there that do good deeds. But what does he say here? That's not, going to, that's not going to work. That's not going to get you to heaven. Look what he says in verse number 23. And then, well, look at verse 22. Many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out many devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And look what he says in verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Again, it's a relationship with God. There are good people in this room. There are good people in jail. Even though they're locked up, they, they have some good character traits. They, and you know what, folks? We are all capable of doing a bad thing. Because we have an enemy out there called the devil. And he will attack you. And he'll come after you. And we've got we've to make good decisions. Some of these, uh, one of the groups, there's a, a thing back there on a table. They have a, a group that comes there a couple times a month, Alcoholics Anonymous. And they have a 12-step program. But in that program, they won't come out and say, God. They will say the higher power. Well, that higher power could be that light. The higher power could be the, the vent. 
Why not say the higher power? Who is the higher power? The higher power is God. But the reason they don't, they don't want to call it the higher, they call it the higher power rather than God is because they don't want to offend anybody. Well, you know what? The word of God is offensive. There are some things in there we don't like to read sometimes. We had a, we had a chaplain, oh, a number of years ago. She's passed away, and I believe she's in heaven today. She had, she had a good testimony. But we were walking out of the service one I think it was on a Saturday night. And we were walking out. We had another couple with us, and they were kind of ahead of us, and we were walking with her. And she says to me, she says, you know, I, I really loved your music. The singing was great. And, and your, your, your preaching was okay. Here it is. But you should maybe tone it down a little. You shouldn't preach that hard. They need, they need to hear that they're, they're loved. Yeah, okay. But they also need to hear that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And the sin is because of their, their choices. And a few years ago, they had a, they had a group came in to the, to the institution. This is Tachita. They came in and they gave all the women makeup. Fingernail polish. Man, I don't know, all that stuff you paint, I guess. I don't know what it is. It's stuff you put on, okay? They gave all the women this stuff. And they had huge crowds. And when it came to the worship service, the numbers were down. But in the other group, they weren't getting the preaching of the Word of God. But what were they looking at? They were looking at the, the free stuff that they got just for coming out. Well, you know what? God's got something free too. It's a gift of salvation. And pretty soon the, the numbers with that group went down because some of them said they weren't getting preached to. And as far as I know, that group that comes in now, I don't, I don't think they do anymore. But you see what people look at sometimes? They, they look at material things rather than looking at godly things. And look, look what he says here again. In verse number 23. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, that ye that work iniquity. You know, we run across, and I'm sure you see that down at Stanley and Jackson too. There's a lot of religion that comes in, in the name of. But what do we just read here? It's not about religion. It's about what? A relationship. It's about doing the will of God. First part of the will of God is what? Number one, accepting him into your life. Secondly, go to Romans, back to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse number 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As I said in Sunday school this morning, this church here is a very vital part of the ministry that we do. Because you have been supporting us for 18 years. And you're five hours away from where we go into. So you, you can't go. But you can what? You can send. And that's what you do. You send a missionary into a foreign field. Now, with your, with your financial support, 
we're able to get gospel tracts. We're able to get Bibles. We have a, I'm sure you know Jim Hoffman down at Wildwood. Jim supplies us with, with Bibles on occasion, both Spanish and English. And uh, your ministry helps us to provide those. And the ministry is what? Supporting the jail ministry. You have a lot of other missionaries that you support. And let me tell you, God's going to bless you one day for that. Because you're sending people out into foreign fields. That what? That have never heard the gospel. Now, look at verse 15. How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. There's good news in here. Oh, there's bad news too. But there's good news. And the good news is Jesus is still in control. You know what the other good news is? He's coming back. And it's getting very close. And I want to share a couple things here with you why I believe it's happening. Look at uh, 2 Timothy, I believe it is, chapter 3. 2 Timothy, chapter 3. A few years ago, um, we were. Can, can you guys take? Uh, can you guys take your watches into to the prison? Did they tell you why? <laughs> we were at. Uh, we had, they had a volunteer at Oshkosh Correctional about three years ago. That was a volunteer that went in and did what we do. And he took his watch in. And the, the reason I'm telling you this is because there's a lot of quote-unquote Christians out there that are ruining, ruining it for the good ones, okay? He went into the prison with his watch on, and he used his watch for the inmates to call home, to call their whoever, and to send text messages. So that ruined it for every volunteer that goes into the prison that wears a, just a common watch like I've got. You can't take them in anymore. But the inmates can have a watch. And once in a while, I'll kind of ask myself, where, what, what is going on here? We can't take ours in, but the inmates can have them. See, this is how the devil works. He, he throws different little things at us. Okay, now I want to show you what I'm talking about here. Look at verse number, uh, uh, let's see, look at verse number 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. See, what this volunteer was doing, instead of going in and giving them the gospel, he was going in and let, letting them entertain themselves with the watch. You can't do that. And when you do, you violate it, and it hurts everybody else that, that is coming in. Okay? Now, where am I going with this? Well, look what he says here in verse 5. Having a form of godliness or religion. There's a lot of religion coming into the prisons today, 
but it's a false gospel. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse number 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Doctrine is what? Teaching. And there are all kinds of false teachings going on in the prisons today and the jails. This is a sign of what? A sign of the end times. Look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy 4. Now, a while back, they have in the institution what is called inmate.com. And what that is, when, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, they, they can email each other in here. It's like, no. What it is, is the inmates know more about what's going on than what we do sometimes. They will tell a guard on occasion, oh, you, bought, you got a new truck, huh? Oh, when did you get that? Or, oh, you, you did some landscaping at home. When, when did that all take place? They know what's going on outside because they relate to each other. And last time we were at Oshkosh, I was preaching a service up there, and I, I didn't see it until it was all over. But three white shirts came in and took two guys out in handcuffs. I, I, I didn't see it until they walked by me. Well, about 20 minutes later, one of the other inmates come up to me from the next service. He said, you know them guys they handcuffed? They got the wrong guys. Within 20 minutes, it was... It, news travels fast, okay? Now, what, what has been talked to do in the prisons now, and it's just talk, they want to take every religion and bring them all together as one. So what does that mean? Well, they, they want to bring the Muslims in with the Catholics. They want to bring the Baptist in. Well, they call us Protestant. They want to bring the Protestant in with the Muslim. They want you to attend a Muslim service. Then they want them to attend your service so you can see that we're all together as one. I, I told one of the chaplains already that if that does happen, you can count me out because we're not going to get caught up into that false doctrine. Because the Muslims believe that Allah is their God that they pray to Muhammad. There's a Quran Bible back there on the table. And they want to do their prayer to the east when they come to service. And look what it says here in 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. It says what? Preach the word. It doesn't say to compromise it. It says to what? Preach it. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Now, a few years ago, we had a, a chaplain that was at the Wapan Correctional, and she was a witch. And we would take tracks in, and the minute we left them, she would come out and take the tracks off the, off the rack. She did not agree with our biblical 
principles that we taught. And she went from Wapan to Red Granite to Oshkosh, and every place where she went, where we went, she got rid of our material and placed and replaced it with, I don't know, some of her stuff or whatever. And a few years, have we got any kids in here? Oh, we got one. I'll, I'll keep it to a minimum. A, a few years ago, she was arrested for being with an inmate. She followed him through the system. And when he left Wapan, he went to Red Granite, then he went to Oshkosh, and that's where they figured this out. And all she was doing was just having that job as a chaplain to follow inmates that she got acquainted with at other institutions. So all these chaplains are not godly chaplains. They're there for one purpose, to coordinate the service and make sure everything happens the way it should, the way they, the way they want it to happen, okay? And one thing they don't do is they don't, they don't preach the word. I think we were just talking a few minutes ago that the chaplains years ago, they were always at the services on Sunday. They work Monday through Friday. They're off Saturday and Sunday. They're not there. They rely on their volunteers to, to come in and, and do, the, do the ministry, which, which we do. And, and one thing we're not doing is we're not compromising the Word of God. We're going to continue to what? We're going to continue to preach and teach the gospel. That's what God has called us to do. Now, I, I'm not a numbers guy. If we've gone, we've, I've gone to the county jail and have only had one. When we first started at Red Granite 17 years ago, our Monday Bible study, we only had five. But you know, the Bible says where two or more are gathered, Jesus is there. So you can have one or you can have a hundred. But I can tell you this, our, our ministry that, that God has called us into, we have the highest numbers that come out for Bible study and services. And the reason that we have this is because these men are hearing the truth. Look what Timothy says here. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now look what he says in verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Well, that time is never going to come for us because we are always going to endure sound doctrine. We are always going to teach the word of God. We are always going to proclaim that this is God's word, that you don't have to compromise it. You don't have to change it. God's word is what? It's truth. And the truth will what? It'll set you free. Now, do we see a lot of fruit throughout the years that we, we do this? No. Last year, I think there was only maybe three, three men that got saved throughout the year. But what we do see 
is when these men get transferred from another facility, we see them come out to Bible study and worship services. They, they move them around. And we got a guy right now that's been incarcerated for 20 plus years that started at Waupon learning how to play piano and is, <clears throat> excuse me, and is now playing piano at Fox Lake after being taught by an inmate at Waupon 20-some years ago to play the piano. And they, they filter them through. And we got, a, we got a guy that leads the choir at Red Granite, who now is at Fox Lake, who is now leading the choir at Fox Lake. We have a, a chaplain at Fox Lake, who is a, she is a former inmate from Tachita, who got a pardon from the governor, what, 10 years ago? Eight, 10 years ago, she got a pardon from the governor so that she could go back into the prisons and be a chaplain and minister to these men and women. And she's a saved lady. And she, she knows how this works. She knows that you need to preach the gospel. We have a guard who is now a chaplain at Red Granite. And I was glad it happened because he knows both sides of the game. He knows how the inmates can play it, and he knows how the volunteers can. Because what happens, if a, if a chaplain leaves, we've seen it happen at three institutions now that we're not in anymore, they come in with a false doctrine, they're going to kick the ones out that have the right doctrine, and you're not coming in. That's what happened at Waupon and DCI with us a couple years ago. They have five Muslim chaplains now in the prison system that fall under verse number three. So there, there's a lot of false gospels going on out there today, folks. And I want to close with, with one more thing here. Go with me to... Uh, Oh, let's see. Go back to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And verse number 14. How then shall they call upon him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? See, I got... I'll give you a quick testimony here of my own. As my wife said, I got saved the night that pastor came out. And about a year and a half later, we had a little Mexican preacher that was an evangelist named Joe Maris who came to our church back in the 70s. And in 1977, I surrendered for full-time service. I had no idea. Do you, do you, ever, do you ever do something for God, then you ask him, now what? What do, you, what do you want me to do now? And from 1977 till 1991, God began to prepare me for what we're doing today. Because in 1991, I surrendered and started helping in the jail prison ministry and started in a county jail over in Juneau, talking to inmates between a glass. 
And we've been doing it now for 27 years. In that 27 years, things have changed. But one thing that doesn't change is God. And folks, this morning, ask yourself this. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you saved this morning? Do you know Christ? And if you do, is he calling you to some mission work? Is he calling you to be a volunteer for something? I I can tell you over the 27 years that we've been doing this, we have never, ever had an issue going into the prisons. Those men respect us. They enjoy us when we come in. Could it happen? Sure. But I believe where God puts you, he's going to take care of you. No matter what what it is. Let's pray. Pastor.